Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of DFV into the new year. I am Black Cinephile. I am AKA Brad. That is AKA Brad. And we are coming to you in the year of 2023 to give you our top 10 best films of 2022. Yeah. Uh, 2022 ended up being a pretty big year for movies. And a lot of it, it's crazy when we do these because looking back at like all the movies that came out back in like January, February and March and everything like that, it's like, oh yeah, that was a movie that came out this year. That was something yeah. that <laughs> it's it's always stressful during this time because you forget movies that you watched all the way back in January, like you said, and you go like, wow, that didn't feel like a 2022 movie. Yeah. Like I feel I, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking Batman is 2021, like the Batman. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, oh no, that was that was top of the year. Yeah, I, I had the same thing with uh, when I was going through the list, and I was like, Top Gun Maverick was this year. Wait, no, what? Right, right. Wait, that was this year, <laughs> dude. That's what a pandemic does to you. An extended pandemic does to you, like because Top Gun was like the film to bring back cinema. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um. It's, it's not in my top 10, but I, I would say if we were to talk, talk top 20s, it, it probably would be up there. It'd probably be in top 20. It was a very good movie, but that was such a big event that I kind of remember it for this year. But like, it feels like there's like before Top Gun Maverick and after Top Gun Maverick. Right. <laughs> it, it, there, there is no longer years. There is just pre Top Gun Maverick and post Top Gun Maverick. For sure. For sure. <laughs> uh, not a bad year, man. Not a bad year at all, actually. No, this this year, uh, I was actually fumbling with a couple that was like, okay, this is going to be in the top 10. Nope, that that's bumping down to 12. Now it's down to 15. Okay, well, I guess that one's not making the list anymore. <laughs> yeah, man, on my um on my Letterboxd account, and uh, for those of you, if you want to follow it, my Letterboxd is Black Cinephile, all one word. Um yeah, I, uh, I I put together my uh, my top 12. Um, we're doing top 10 today, but I put together mm-hmm. my top 12 because there was just some movies I just could not leave off the list. That I just made an extra uh, two numbers for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it was this is an ex- this was an exciting year for cinema. We, we had some we had some good ones this year, man. Oh, yeah. So do you want to jump into it with your uh, pick for number 10? All right. Sure. Sure. Uh, for number 10, I have Pearl, uh, directed by T. West, starring uh, the amazing Mia Goff. Um, this, is a, this is a horror film, a horror prequel to the film uh, X, which came out in the same year. Yeah, that so, was another thing that surprised me. I forgot X and Pearl both came out this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. T. West was doing his thing. Like, that was a great um, daring move to have both of those films come out in the same year. And I think he just he, he crushed it. Uh, this film right here, this serves as a prequel to the film X, and uh, the main character is a uh, is the antagonist in X. Uh, her name is Pearl. So this goes back to when Pearl's an old woman in X. So this film this film goes back to when she was a younger woman. Uh, again, played by Mia Goff, and so Pearl basically plays a, a lonely woman trapped on her family's isolated farms with dreams of becoming an actress. Uh, as the film goes on, her mind she she's she's already not. M- like psychologically right in the head. She's already a little mentally disturbed, but as the film goes on and more and more things start to happen that don't really go her way, she becomes more and more unhinged. Um, Dude, I got to say, coupled with T. West direction and his kind of like homage to Wizard of Oz and like the Mm -hmm. beautiful cinematography in this film, dude, it's Mia Goff's like like layered, unhinged performance that really gives this film its just due. Like, have you seen this yet? I haven't seen it, but I also haven't seen X yet either. It, they're both mm-hmm. movies that are on my list, but they're never they keep getting pushed down with new movies releasing. I I wouldn't say it's necessary to see X to see Pearl, but it, it's it's good viewing. It, mm-hmm. you, 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 you're clued into some things watching Pearl after seeing X, but I'd say Pearl is necessary viewing, man. Okay. I mean, this is this is great horror cinema. You have a great lead performance that made Mia Goff a, a best actress front runner. Well, not front runner, but she's in the conversation. Uh, terrific film, man. I, I give it a it's a straight four out of five to me. OK, that's yeah. good. That's good. So starting off the uh, with number 10 on my list, 
uh, has to come in with Dragon Ball Super Superhero. It's okay. It's still amazing to me that we're getting new Dragon Ball content in the year 2022 because been around a while. Yeah, it's I remember growing up in the 90s with Dragon Ball and when it ended in, you know, I think 98 is when it started closing out here in the US. It, it was kind of a oh, that's it. That's that's the end of Dragon Ball Z. We're not going to see anything else. And then it was out of nowhere in 2013, they kind of brought up a new movie and then another movie. And then we got a new series. And the fact that it's still going now is absolutely insane. And it's going on a high streak, too. Because mm-hmm. with the previous movie, uh, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Super Brawly, we got a lot of great action in this one. And then in Superhero, they basically took in Loud Piccolo and Gohan to have front and center of the story. Two characters that generally are pushed to the side in most kind of stories that go on in this universe. And Mm -hmm. we get to see them actually be the main focus. And it brings a lot of the cartoonish fun of Dragon Ball back. We get to see the androids kind of have a return. There's a lot of good comedy, a lot of good action, uh, a lot of great. Even the new characters that are introduced in this one are great. And yeah, it's it definitely made the list. Awesome. So the number one question I have as somebody that still hasn't gotten into Dragon Ball Z uh Please don't take away my uh, uh, childhood card. <laughs> I, I I hear it all the time. Like, man, you never watched Dragon Ball Z. You watch Samurai Jack, but not that. I just I just never never came across my radar. I'm sorry. Um, can I still enjoy the film even though I haven't watched the series? I think you would get some enjoyment out of the film. There's a lot of references and things that you probably wouldn't understand. So there'd be okay. like moments where, you know, the movie would pause to be like that, like clap or funny moment. You'd just be sitting there like, I don't I don't get it. Uh, it, right, it would be right, kind of right. like watching the new Star Trek when, uh, you know, he reveals that he's Kang. And then there's silence for a solid like minute because everybody in the theater would be going, oh, my God, I can't believe it's him. And you're just sitting there going, who, who is that? <laughs> right right okay okay so all right i'll keep that in mind i'll keep that in mind for later i do plan on watching the show like i i I toggle between starting off with regular z and watching kai everyone tells me no you gotta start with z instead of watching kai i'm gonna disagree with that you gotta go to kai because dragon ball z has a lot of filler and everything and kai does a good job of trying to cut that down there is still some filler in kai but it's mm-hmm. not as heavy as Dragon Ball Z, uh, especially in the first couple sagas leading up to the end of the Cell saga. OK, OK. All right. Uh, well, my number nine and this is a film I, I joined late to the party, but I'm so glad I joined when I did towards the end of the year. R.R.R. Uh, and let me tell you about this movie, dude. So this is a Tollywood film um, distributed on Netflix in the United States, directed by S.S. Raja Mooley. Now, I never watched a Tollywood film or a Bollywood film before, but I know that they have just, like, uh, great set direction. Um, there's great choreography with the action scenes are insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie is amazing, dude. So basically, the the broad synopsis of this film is it's, it's a fictional history of these two legendary revolutionaries and... Um, it's about their journey away from home before they began fighting for their country in the 1920s. Uh, there's a very layered story here that uh, if you like, um, so there's a prologue and then there's the introduction of both of these two legendary revolutionaries and how their paths intercede in, I gotta say in a more friendly face off type of way because they're enemies, but because they're undercover, they don't know they're each other's enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, they both have a similar goal for different reasons and uh, oh man the the battle sequences, the musical number sequences um, there's not even a lot of musical number sequences but like the the main song that belongs to this film, I think it's called uh, Nanny Nanny I may get the name mixed up but uh, it's, I think it's going for best original song if not I think it was like uh, in the running for it uh, dude, it's it's such a great movie, dude. It's so nat natu nat natu natu. Sorry, um, yeah, it's such a great movie, dude. So fun, 
uh, action packed. Uh, if you have three hours of your time, I would say watch this, man, and you 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 won't regret it. Uh, if you're a person that's against subtitles, and, and if you have Netflix, you could turn on the uh, the the English dub option. But I, I I think you would enjoy it either way. I I love this movie, man. This is a, a four point five to me. Yeah, that is one that uh, I actually had somebody give me access to their Netflix account because they were like, "You need to watch this movie." And uh, Man, I have still proceeded to you. not watch it. <laughs> hey, you know what? I even if you get a free trial or use one of your friends, because you know p- password sharing is ending. This I know that they made that announcement that they're cutting ties with that, which I think is going to lead to more people canceling than more people signing up. Oh. Oh yeah, absolutely. That was that was a staple of Netflix. Like, man, let me use your account. Yeah, I hate you. Here's the password. Do you see twenty different people under your profile? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was some good times. Those were good times. Um, but I say, listen, man, if, if you can if you can swing it in, you get access to it. Great film. Seriously. Yeah, I heard great things about it, but it's the fact that it's got a three hour runtime and everything, and it being a because I would not watch the dub. I would watch it with mm-hmm. the subtitles, which means that it, it's a three-hour focused film. There's no kind of getting distracted by something else and kind of listening to it a little bit in the background. It's It goes by fast. Does it go by fast? It goes. It's very fast-paced. Okay. Yeah. So I definitely... Uh, it, it's... It's on my list. Uh, I know a lot of people have been trying to tell me that i got to watch it. It's just every time it's up in the forefront, it's like, uh, okay, three-hour movie, subtitles. Okay, do I have three hours I can set aside today <laughs> to watch <laughs> this movie? Let's see. Yeah. But uh, with me, that brings my number nine pick, uh, which is a recent movie, Violent Night. Uh, we're, nice. We have a raged Santa Claus going crazy on a terrorist organization that's invading his family house. Uh, Absolutely a fun movie. I absolutely love that they kind of did this like violent Santa Claus kind of movie where he's just he's sick and tired of the status quo of everything. Uh, He's very grumpy. He doesn't really you know have that christmas joy at all whatsoever he's kind of more of a mm-hmm. uh you know store-bought cookies great thanks <laughs> you know here's your goddamn gift and moving on and it's it's a fun way of doing it it does have some of the cliches that most christmas movies have it still does have kind of a little bit of an issue with pacing but overall it's such a fun movie and it's one of those comedies that, as I'm watching it, it's like, this was made for me. This is just a movie made for me. I don't care if other people like it or not. This hmm. movie is 100% up my alley. <laughs> yeah, I've heard great things about that one. Like, it's been on my radar for a while. I do like David Harbour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard he's terrific in it. Oh, he, um, he is one of the best parts of the movie, easily. <laughs> so it's kind of like, from what I've heard, it's a Santa Claus diehard pretty much yeah that would be a good way to describe it yes (laughs) okay so more formulaic than nobody or less formulaic um i would say a little bit less formulaic okay okay because that's what i was worried about because even though i like bob odenkirk nobody didn't really leave an impression on me yeah i mean besides going oh yeah it was that uh bob odenkirk kind of john wick movie made by the same studio as john wick and then it's like right right john wick was really good (laughs) right yeah but that john wick though you know that's just kind of like this consensus with nobody um all right man I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm gonna keep that in mind. That that was a film that was on my radar for a while, and it, it did look it did look fun. It, it's um, such a fun movie. It might not be the best like for cinematography or anything like that, but when it comes to the laughs, right. it comes to the fun, the violence of everything. It's great. It also makes fun of uh, Home Alone, which is a movie that I do not like. So any movie that makes fun of it automatically gets points from me. <laughs> You know, that's one thing you and I never clicked on. Home Alone is my jam. Oh. I don't I don't see how any person born in the 90s could hate on that movie, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, 
All right, man. Moving on. Uh, my number eight film here is all another Netflix film, All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, dude, terrific war movie, man. I, I like war films, but I like war films that keep me captivated. Mm-hmm. If there's no captivation or keeping me involved or and there's no realism, I don't know if I'm really going to stick with it. But uh, what we have here is a, um, a remake film. Uh, directed by Edward Berger. It is is a German language film, by the way. And uh it, it's about around the end of World War One and it follows like uh this 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 life of an idealist idealistic young soldier uh named Paul. Now as he enlists in the German army, he learns real quick and fast the realities of war. See to him and his buddies, his classmates, it's an honor to serve uh in the army. You know, like they they're excited, they're smiling from ear to ear. And then they face the realities and, and learn that, you know, war is and will always be hell. Mm. Uh, dude, terrific visuals, uh, great gory sequences, uh, great moments of emotion. The lead actor, Felix uh, Kammerer, I think this is a great breakthrough performance on his front. I mean, I, I mean, on yeah, yeah, on his front. Uh, terrific, man. The film, the film lets its, its stance on war be known. And it's um it's very respective of the soldiers and what they had to do, and it's very critical of the the, the forces be behind why they were put in this situation, and fed into the propaganda that war is something you should be proud of serving for, or you know you should be proud of serving for your country, but you shouldn't be proud of the things you have like you shouldn't be proud of the things they make you do to serve your country. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You should be proud that you got to serve your country and be able to right. protect your country, not necessarily the things you did in order to achieve that goal. Yeah, or 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 the the institutions and the the rules in place that made you do the things you had to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's very respectful to soldiers. It's very respectful to the to the war. Uh, terrific film, man. I give it a four out of five. Uh, if you if you have time to watch this, oh, great cinematography, great long shots. It, it's just it's just a wonderful uh, it's a wonderful war downer because it is, it is a downer, but it's a downer with style. OK, fair, fair. So yeah. my uh, number eight pick here is the unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, it, it, nice. it, it goes needless to say that as a Nicolas Cage fan. Uh, we just talked about two movies in the last episode with uh, Face Off and another movie that, uh, you know, exists that he was in. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were huge fans of it. And so when it comes to a movie that is literally an homage to the entire backlog of Nicolas Cage, it it goes to show how much love and support was put into this movie. And the fact that it was made before Nicholas cage even signed on to it, where they kind of had it written and went, Hey, how, how would you be interested in doing this kind of movie <laughs> is absolutely such a baller move of, we're going to write this entire movie around you. We're going to get it approved for a budget and everything. Then we're going to approach the lead of the movie to be in it. <laughs> Hey man, it, how could he? How could he say no? You know what I'm saying it's it's the man, it's the myth, it's the bees. How yeah. could he say no? <laughs> how could he say no? Uh, apparently, he was apprehensive about it at first because he thought that it was just too on the nose, and I, I can't remember what convinced him to go with it overall. But I I'm glad he did. I heard in the interview it was the opposite. He he told the director or something. He says, you know, I don't I don't really act like this. He's like, I, I know, but it's funny. And he's like, all right, whatever you want. I heard it was the opposite, actually. Well, when he first got the script and he was told, hey, it's a movie about you being you as an actor. He was like, that's mm. that's a little on the nose, don't you think? <laughs> oh, OK, OK. But then you have the villain played by Pedro Pascal, and it just... Everything about this movie clicks. It's a lot of fun for people that are fans of Nicolas Cage. It, it, everything's there that you want to see mm-hmm. in that movie. Uh, references to basically every movie. Uh, they even, you know, kind of joke about the fact that Paddington 2 is too good of a movie than it deserves to be. Too good. Too good. It, too good for its own good. Too good for its own good. But yeah, so that one, it easily made the list. 
And it was actually one that I forgot came out this year until I was going through the backlog of movies for this list. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was this year, wasn't it? I forgot about that movie, too, to be honest, until you mentioned it. That's, that feels like such a 2021 movie. I know. It didn't feel like it was something in uh, 22. But, yeah, it uh, came out in April of 22. So pretty early on. Nice, nice. All right, awesome. Uh, what I got for my number seven, uh, the one and only Nope. So uh, we got Nope directed by Jordan Peele, you know, coming off his third film. Uh, pretty much three for O or two for one at this point, depending on if you like us. Uh, uh, great uh, third feature. So what we got is um, an estranged brother and sister dealing with the uh, trauma of losing their father. And uh, they come across a strange... Uh, seemingly extraterrestrial discovery on their uh, California ranch uh, where their horses are used for Hollywood productions. Uh, great film, man. I mean, you and I, we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love how it deals with trauma, uh, exploitation of uh, e- exploitation, trauma, grief. And it, it the thing about Jordan Peele is like, I like how he's kind of moved on from social horror and now he's just figure out the different things he can do with horror. You know, he's 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 moving on to different themes. He's having a little bit more fun with it. And it's not so yes. much the horror. It The horror is no longer the crutch for the movies. It's now right. just the genre that everything seems to be playing into. Right. You, you got social horror with Get Out. And then with us, you still got social horror, but it leaned more into like actual horror. And with this mm-hmm. one, you, you 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 got more of a spill spill bear spill brigade. A spiel a Spielberg influence on this, but you know, it is playing around with that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's one of the most innovative, creative, uh uh mainstream directors out here right now. I I, I love what he's doing. Uh yeah, man. I, I gave nope, I I think I think it was a four point five out of five or a four out of five. But um yeah, dude, I just love this movie, dude. The whole Gordy's the 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 Gordy's uh the Gordy's sequence in Nope is a masterclass in horror and like and showing the audience giving the audience a, a, a chance to, to go into their imagination of the horror that's happening off screen. Great sound design. It, terrific. Yeah, it, it's actually a perfect example of uh, you, you don't need to show. You just need to like create the atmosphere of something to bring the horror and the tension into the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so with my number seven pick... Uh, another one that we actually did an episode on was Bell, the uh, animated G Kids movie that basically was a modern day Beauty and the Beast taking place in a world of virtual reality. And it, the movie itself is absolutely gorgeous to every mm-hmm. extent of the word when it comes to animation. It has some great songs and musical pieces in it. The story is a really good take on Beauty and the Beast. It does kind of get held back at certain points, and the adults do have, you know, the brain dead syndrome of, yeah, we're we're just adults in the movie. We don't really have any responsibilities whatsoever. But Aside from all that, everything on this movie clicks very well. The characters are really well done. Even her friends are kind of given a little bit of backstory and a characterization that makes them feel unique. Really mm-hmm. well done movie. And for anybody that hasn't seen it yet, I highly recommend it, especially for anime fans that happen to miss it. I remember seeing this one in IMAX, and then later I watched it again on home video, and it's absolutely fantastic still. Yeah, it's a gorgeous film. It, it's very gorgeous to look at, even when it may be held back a little bit by its story. It's it's you're, you're not looking at anything that that's ugly here. It, mm-hmm. it, every frame is gorgeous. Yeah, it, even with it being held back by it needing to be a Beauty and the Beast kind of movie, it still it manages to go beyond that a little bit and exceed expectations, even with that one downside. Mm hmm. Absolutely. All right, man. Going to my number six on the list, I got The Batman. Boy, let me tell you about this, man. Director Matt Reeves, man. Let me tell you, man. Everybody doubted it. 
Everybody made the Twilight jokes. <laughs> Everybody said, there's no way this guy is going to kill us as Batman. Stop it. Robert Patterson, stop it. These are people that that didn't watch Good Time, ignored the lighthouse, and, and still had the, the gall to say this man wasn't going to crush it. Uh, we knew Matt Reeves could do it. Oh, yeah. But we didn't know. But people didn't know about Patterson. Uh, this guy, he, he he knocked it out the park as Batman. This film knocks it out the park of showing Batman in his second year of uh, fighting crime. So basically like Batman year two, if you if you read the year one comic. Um, and it, it, it go it takes Batman to his roots, uh, his comic book roots as a detective, as he's um, he's trying to figure out who is this Riddler guy. while also figuring out something else about this uh, uh, this other fellow that's connected to him meeting uh, Catwoman and working alongside Catwoman. Dude, it's just a terrific film. Great special effects, great direction, uh, great cinematography. The music score is awesome. Uh, one of the best uh, freeway chase sequences I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. I, Colin Farrell is unrecognizable and terrific as the Penguin. I mean, this film just has it all to me, man. I this this is a, this was a straight four point five and deserves a spot in my uh, top ten. Yeah, it, it was a five. It, yeah, that but. movie was fighting an uphill battle because not only was it going up as a new Batman when everything with Ben Affleck was just kind of starting to close out and that didn't even have like a very good closeout to it, then it's preceded by the Dark Knight trilogy, which is seen as one of the best superhero trilogies to exist Mm -hmm. in all of cinema so to come out the gate and be like we're gonna come back and make a new batman and it's gonna feature robert pattison and it's gonna be three hours long it's like this is this this is an uphill battle from the start but it yeah that movie knocked it out on all cylinders Mm -hmm. absolutely man a terrific time at the movies uh, I loved it. I, I wanted to see it at that special IMAX they do at the science centers and stuff where it's all around you, the dome. Oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't catch that in time, though. Yeah, it's there's only a couple movies that actually utilize that fully. And I think that was one that had the full like side vision for the entire movie, too, didn't it? Uh, I believe so. It might have. Yeah. I've never actually gotten a chance to see a movie in that. I've only seen like the made for those uh, kind of theater movies, like the ones mm-hmm. that are like the documentaries on like here's space and, you know, here's the Titanic and stuff. I remember seeing those ones back uh, during like field trips and everything. But yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've never seen an actual movie that was like presented to be in that kind of aspect ratio like that. There was this one great 3D movie that kept being promoted, and it had it had the Simpsons, and it has the characters from Ants in it. You know what movie I'm talking about? No. They used to promote it. They used to play it at the Science Center in the IMAX, but I forgot what the movie was. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it, one of those made-for-that-kind-of-screen movies. Yeah. Got but, you, got you. Yeah. Uh, so, with me and my number six pick... Uh, that one goes to Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, this one, it was beautifully animated. It w- held a stronger relation to the original Pinocchio story. Uh, we had an amazing cast on it. The voice work, the animation, everything for this movie lined up perfectly. And I don't think there's anybody besides Guillermo del Toro that could have made this movie by following Mm -hmm. the very dark script of Pinocchio, the original story and bringing it to a more, I guess, family friendly outlook because the original story features a lot of death, a lot of war. It features the fear of, you know, mortality, the fear of losing people. It's, it's a very heart wrenching story and one that's Mm -hmm. very hard to like bring to a kind of family outset and Guillermo del Toro absolutely knocked it out of the park and made what is probably the best uh, animated or even live action uh, movie featuring the story of Pinocchio, in my opinion. Eh, I got to revisit the old one to give that to give that determination. But I will say it, very, it was very uni- unique and very beautiful to watch. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, that one it it was very easily on the list. All right, on to the top five. Drum roll. <laughs> All right, man. Uh for number five, I have Bardo False Chronicle of a Handful of Troops. It's a handful of words. Um this is the newest film uh, directed by Alejandro Inaratu, um, the director of uh, Birdman, The Revenant, and uh, Babel, as well as a few other films. So this film follows the main character called Silverio. Uh, he's a Mexican journalist uh, turned Mexican uh, documentarian, so documentary filmmaker. And uh, it basically follows his life um, throughout his career within within his middle age. It follows him you know, alongside his wife and his family, dealing with um, him and his wife, their uh, their 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 newborn baby's um, untimely death at, a, at you know at at a, at a newborn age, and how they deal with that grief within their family of their um, teenage son and daughter, and it just follows him and how how conflicted he is about his homeland of Mexico, how he loves it so much, but when he's living in the United States, he criticizes his homeland. He has, he has a very complicated love of his homeland. Mm -hmm. The whole film, the whole film is filmed in a dreamlike surreal manner. You know, it kind of ties into why the film is called Bardo. uh, And and that kind of ties in, in the end uh, with this emotional uh, twist. Dude, terrific film, man. I feel like when I saw the Revenant, when I when I saw Inuratu come back from Birdman, which I think is an excellent movie, and go to the Revenant, the Revenant is cool. I like Leo in it and everything, but I just thought it was just I just thought it was just a hype. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's it's fun to watch, but I feel like this film brings Inuratu back to his roots of like surreal, beautiful filmmaking. Uh, I I love this film. Del Toro hit the hit the mark when he said this film is amazing, uh, and I, I I don't think he was wrong about that at all. This is a Netflix film. And kind of long too, but I feel like this is just a great dreamlike film to watch. I, I I loved it. I loved the themes in it. I loved how it. Seeing a film like this, even though it's existential in nature, it makes you appreciate life mm-hmm. uh, by by the time it ends. And I uh, I give this a four point five out of five. I I loved it. Uh yeah, that's uh, the first one that it. I don't even think that hit my radar at all for that movie Mm. but the fact that it's on netflix kind of makes sense because i don't have a netflix subscription so i got you when it comes to that it's either i happen to be at somebody's house and they're like hey you should check this out or somebody just goes hey no watch this you you, here's my account watch it now (laughs) right right got you i got you (laughs) so yeah that one uh yeah i'm gonna have to write that one down to check out later if i get a chance uh right next to rrr (laughs) Oh yeah, man. RRR is that one. Yep. So my uh, number five was a basically we've kind of already discussed it a little bit, but it was the movie that made everything feel like you need to come back to the cinema uh, with Top Gun Maverick. That movie Mm. is just so well shot, so well done. It brings tension and focus to the movie where you feel basically so compact in the cockpit of these, you know, jets and planes and everything like that. But yet those sprawling shots where you're seeing them weave through the forest, going through the air, trying to dodge, you know, missiles midair. Uh, everything from the training sequences that they have at the beginning to the actual dogfights that they have in it and then missions that they go through. Everything, you're on the edge of your seat and you can tell the characters are having fun with it during a lot of the scenes. The Mm -hmm. actors are all on board. I mean, Tom Cruise is just at his peak. He never fails. Yeah, it's... Even if the movie fails, he doesn't fail. Right, he, he was absolutely on for this one. And yeah, it, like we kind of mentioned before, it, this movie was delayed with good reason. It needed mm. to be in a theater that you watch this one because watching this, I'm not going to say watching this any other way is an injustice to the film, but right. if it comes out in theaters and you haven't seen it in a theater, uh, catch it. IMAX, Dolby, uh, E whatever max whatever version there is of the big screen with the good sound you need to see it because it, it holds up emacs 
Emacs, What's Emacs? That is Imagine's version of IMAX because they refuse to license out the rights to use IMAX. Oh. All right, carry on. I don't. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on, just carry on. I thought they had D Box. They got an Emacs now. Yeah. Uh. Oh yeah. There is also D Box. That's the one where you have like the motion chairs or the rumble right. seats. Yeah. I forgot that they even had that. And they they sprinkle mist on you in this rain. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, the 4D um, experience. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, man, dude, Top Gun Maverick was so good. I did not expect that film to be as good and as successful as it was. Yeah, that was another thing is it came out as a new Top Gun. And I'll be honest, I don't have any cling to the Top Gun movies. They're good, but I wasn't looking at it's this just one. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was just one before this. But yeah. Right. But at the same time, I wasn't like looking at this and going, oh, my God, it's another Top Gun. This is going to be a mate. And then watching this one, it's just like, yeah, this this is an absolutely fantastic movie. And it's I I don't even want to say that it's riding so much on Tom Cruise, but he is easily one of the highlights of this movie. And absolutely. Even when it comes to the cinematography of this movie, if those two things weren't done right, this movie would have been a colossal failure. But Tom Cruise pulled it through. The cinematography absolutely nailed it. And so, yeah, this movie is easily top five to me when it comes to movies of 2022. Mm hmm. All right, sounds good, man. Awesome. Yeah, I, I like I really like Top Gun Maverick. I feel like it, it was the big film that could. I'm not gonna say it's the little film that could. It was the mm-hmm. big film that could. Because <laughs> part of me was like, Tom Cruise single handedly gonna save cinema. You know, I was like, all right, let's see. But they, he had butts and seats, man. And this was before Avatar 2. Yeah, I mean, this had a box office of 1.5 billion, just about. <laughs> This film had to. This film crawled so Avatar Two could walk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's exactly what happened here. Um, all right, man. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I'm gonna move on to my fourth pick, which um, hasn't been released uh, uh, countrywide yet, or I want to say hasn't been released. Um, it hasn't. It hasn't had a wide release yet, but it's been mm-hmm. released in select cinemas. Uh, Women talking. Man, when this film comes your way in january folks please go see this uh this is written and directed by sarah Pauly. it this is a great chamber piece of a film that's uh inspired by real life events that were, uh, occurred at um the manitoba colony in bolivia so this this is this is a film where um a group of women in a very male dominated uh uh community i'm not gonna say amish but it's like when you, when you think of that you do think of the amish but this is a male-dominated community where a bunch of women get together and discuss um, sexual assault events that have been happening in, in the countryside community. And basically, the elders of the men who capture the men who have done these events, they give these women a choice. They say, get together, uh, learn how to forgive these men and live with them, or leave. So these women get together. The, the elders, I want to say, and um, about two teenagers get together in a room and discuss what they're going to do. And it really boils down to three options. You you take the option to do nothing and forgive, which none of the women agree with. Mm-hmm. You stay and fight or you leave. And the rest of the film is just a, a terrific dialogue, great performance-driven piece. Um, but you got great stars here, man. You got Rooney Mara. You got Clara Foy. You got Jesse Buckley. Um, you got Judith Ivey. Ben Winshaw. Uh, who plays Paddington, he is the man that's taking the minutes of the meeting, and he has some great performance work in this film. Uh, for a film that has a lot of dialogue, there is no boring moment in this movie. I mean, it's it's just a terrifically directed film with great direction, great writing, great pacing, and uh, very thought-provoking and very emotional. I, I loved it, man. I gave it a 5 out of 5 when I saw it, and uh, when it comes your way, I can't wait for you to see it if you want to talk about it. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I intend to uh, kind of throw an episode together for that one once it has a wider release, because I think that one's really only playing at uh, one theater around here. And it'd be a drive for me to get out to see that one at 3 p.m. Mm. on like a Wednesday. <laughs> so you've heard of this movie? Oh, yeah. OK, yeah. I, I'd say the hype is real, man. I, I loved it. 
check it out. Yep. Okay. Uh, so my number four pick is uh, one that already was previously on your list. Uh, nope. Uh, nice. Basically, everything that you said about this movie and it, the fact that it brought out a different kind of it, not so much a horror where you would expect, but a horror in theory by kind of giving you these horrific ideas and thoughts of like what could be happening, like a chimpanzee breaking bones and snapping it with his teeth as you can hear the blood and everything dripping on the floor and the moment where you have the alien kind of absorb everybody and it's digesting them and you're getting that slow motion of seeing it. And it's a very tense movie that mm-hmm. has some good payoff and everything. And a, a theme that I could see a lot of people kind of passing off and not understanding, but for people that have kind of been going I, I'm not a fan of social media and what it's turning people into with this whole drive to be famous and stuff. It's like that's this movie is making fun of those people. And yeah. it's absolutely fantastic. I If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It's yeah. I, I don't know what else to say about it that we haven't already yeah, said yeah, both yeah. in the episode that we did on it. And when you spoke about it earlier, <laughs> I, I would argue nope is even for the people that see horror trailers and go, nope, not, not, nope. And they, I, it, it's for them too. Mm-hmm. Like it's even for the ones that are like scared to watch horror films and for the people that like to be scared to watch horror films. It's for them. Yeah. And in terms of being a horror film, it's a very light horror film because yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it has it's, horrific moments. Yeah. It's more psychological on the horror than it is on uh, doing just jump scares and here's a monster that's chasing you and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I absolutely loved the marketing for this one too when it was first coming because it just kept doing like the little flashes of scenes cut to black flash of a scene cut to black cut to black mm. you know scene cut to black and then just yeah, that's how nope. you make a trailer <laughs> yeah yeah that's how you make a trailer you don't give much away mm-hmm. yeah absolutely man absolutely all right man moving on to number three my number three pick bro is god's country listen i, I don't know how many times i've talked about it on the podcast before we actually had a whole episode around it uh i was pitching this film to you for the longest to watch it, yeah uh, <laughs> i remember it was my number one film at sundance 2022 and it's 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 number three on my top 10 list bro uh julian higgins in his directorial debut uh Thandui newton with a terrific lead performance great film man uh you know we got a we got a college professor that is grieving the loss of her mother that confronts two hunters that's uh, trespassing on her property in the, uh, I want to say the Alaskan wilderness. It, I know it's, I, I know it was a cold location. I, it wasn't Alaska, I, I, right? It was Montana. It was far north. I know that because it was yeah. basically she owned a large sum of land and it was the two hunters that kept trespassing on that land either by using her property directly or using her neighbor's mm-hmm. property. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's in a cold land. Uh, not many people within the neighborhood and uh it's just a great neo-western that has levels to it man it it, there's levels of 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 sexism racism um great character work by thandui newton uh you know uh great um tense sequences Uh, every actor in this film is great and all the way to its heart-stopping final shot man i mean this is this is a film this Mm -hmm. is cinema man and uh, I cannot stress enough that this is a five out of five in my book. I, I love me some God's country. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we did an entire episode on that one. And I can say, I remember for the longest time, you're like, we're going to do an episode on it. Okay. We're going to do an episode on it. Okay. We'll, we'll do an episode on it. I had to drill it into this man's head. <laughs> we are going to talk about GC. I, like with Pig, I tried to get this man to watch Pig in time. But he, he did it to a point where we couldn't talk about it on the show because we was already doing best of 2022. Right. <laughs> 21 <laughs> at that point. Oh, t- 21. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I got Pig on my list. You saw Pig and you didn't tell me? <laughs> yeah. I literally watched it that week. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I 
that was a great one and yeah if you want to see what our full thoughts are on that one we have an episode on it a full episode for sure yeah we do so my number three pick uh is this was so when it came to the top four for me it uh, these movies moved around so much that I'm sure that even at the end of this, I'll still look at this and go, no, this one should have been third. This one should have been second. This one should have been first. But it's when it comes to this, uh, this one, everything, everywhere, all at once is Mm. a such a solid movie that does take the idea of the multiverse and runs with it in spectacular fashion. It has amazing work. You know, there's a scene where the characters are rocks, and it I am was <laughs> literally dying of laughter in the theater during this scene. And it's it's great comedy, great action scenes, uh, a fantastic plot, and everything like that. There are a couple things that i still think the movie could have done a little bit better but at the same time i can appreciate it for what it's done and everything that it accomplished because when it comes to being a movie about everything it's it manages to bring the comedy and action in the best way possible literally putting everything on a bagel has to be one of my favorite lines in all of cinema for the year 2022 yeah, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's a terrific film, and um, I like how you kind of just involunt you you kind of indirectly gave me the layup because uh, this is my second choice, uh, my second best film of two thousand twenty-two. So heading into my choice, I agree with everything you said, man. Uh, I don't agree that there were uh, a lot of there were some issues with the film. I, I think everything was in its right place. Uh, we had that discussion. We we did, uh, yeah. But- um yeah man i loved it man jamie lee curtis michelle yo uh my man from indiana jones uh the the uh stephanie who who played the uh the daughter i mean the the, the cranky fa- the cranky grandfather i mean everyone is just on point with this acting um and the different the different levels of the multiverse and like you said the the everything on the bagel line just a great action comedy man this is one of those films that's just it's a unicorn you you cannot put it in a specific space because of how unique it is and how great it is. Uh, this is the reason we go to the cinema. This yeah. is the reason we go to the movies. The fact that you can tell just from the writing that when they were writing this movie, they were having such stupid amounts of fun with going, yeah. hey, what if we put everything on a bagel? Yeah, yeah, and everything. But no, 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 no. Everything on a bagel. <laughs> All of existence, all on of a bagel, existence, bro. on a bagel. What if, what if we live in a world where we have hot dogs for fingers? Right. Yeah. And it, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like it's just come on, man. Like this is ter- this is a, this is terrific cinema. Mm-hmm. A huge step up from uh, the farting corpse movie, which <laughs> shall be unnamed. Listen, I understand that movie's cinematic value, but come on, man. I am I, still it, surprised that you did not find that movie as hilarious. It was. It was funny, but it was dumb funny. I'm like, it was kind of laughing, like, why am I watching this laughing? You know what I'm saying? But that we're not here for that. Um, no. I will say that, dude, just terrific film, man. I, I'm interested to see what the Daniels do next. And uh, yeah, this this was a ball of a time. Like my my wife, when she saw the trailer for this, she was like, man, this looks a little weird. But when she came out the theater, she she said, I I really enjoyed that movie. You know, it makes you appreciate life, like like a uh, Bardo. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. It, it, needless to say, my number three pick, your number two pick. It's it, highly one of the best movies of this year, and absolutely, you know. Uh, but that'll bring me to my number two pick, and you know, uh, I I'm a huge comic book fan, and this year had a lot of amazing comic book movies uh morbius uh black adam thor love and thunder uh so i i was over here trolling (laughs) (laughs) i so it it, when i was going through my list originally i was like i don't know if there's gonna actually be a superhero movie or a comic book movie on my list and 
then going through is this one it kept making its way up the list and at one point i even had it at number one for the year and that is the batman by matt mm-hmm. reeves and you talked about it earlier this movie as somebody that has been reading batman comics since before i knew how to read real books I can say that it embodies everything that I love about Batman, everything that we've needed in a Batman movie and everything that we got in the Dark Knight trilogy, but just slightly missed when it came to the characterization of building up this character and amazing cast, uh, amazing cinematography, amazing costume work. It's this is the Batman movie that is going to be the aged remembered one right next to the dark Knight trilogy. Yes. Yes. I completely agree with you there. That, that, that is no question. Yeah. In my mind. Cause it, let's say that the next movie is an absolute flop for this. I don't think it will be, but even then this movie is still going to stand as one of the best Batman movies to have been well, made. Well, let's be real. With the exception of Batman and Robin, it's hard to mess up Batman. It really is hard. It it it, it is. You know, you did have you know Batman Forever as well, but <laughs> well, I like that movie. But oh. I hear you. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. it is very difficult to mess up a Batman movie. It is possible, but it is very hard because uh, even when you have like a very wacky Batman, like. People still love the Adam West Batman. I still love the Adam West Batman. It's a different kind of Batman. But when it comes to a serious Batman movie, this one's going to be at the top of lists to come. Mm. I don't think, you know, I'd love to be proven wrong, but I don't think that this one's going to get toppled off of that list anytime by anything else that comes out. Well, we'll see. The Batman 2, I mean, uh, if they if they focus on the thing of making the sequel subvert the original, I think it could be. But we'll see in time. We will definitely see. All right, man. We've made it. Number one. Both of our number ones. Uh, what I got for number one is, man, I don't know if you'll be expecting this, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I have Tar. And uh, this is a film directed by Todd Field, a director that's been like... Uh, he, he's only directed about three three feature films in his career over the span of, I want to say, 12 plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is his third film. Dude, this film right here, uh, you got Kate Blanchett in the lead. She plays a composer uh, uh, named Lydia Tarr. She's on the verge of uh, completing her big, the biggest symphony of her career. She's, she's widely revered, widely uh, critically acclaimed, and uh, she's about to get the biggest gig of her, uh, of her career. Now, this film is a, a very detailed fall from grace type of movie. It's an odyssey, really. Uh, it, it deals with themes such as cancel culture, uh, being true to yourself, being haunted, um, uh, guilt. But this is a film that demands your attention. If you give this film your attention, because it starts off very dense. Like there's 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 terminology within the uh, classical world that you may be a little lost on or in references made within the first 15 minutes where you're like, I don't know any of these people. All I know is Mozart and Bach, mm-hmm. you know, but if if you if you focus on this movie and give it your attention, it's 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 truly in my mind, the best film of 2022, bro. Like it's it's detailed character work. Kate Blanchett is on her umpteenth championship game with a terrific lead performance. I think she's a front runner for best actress with this film. I, I it's, it's it's just amazing, bro. And Todd Field's careful direction, his careful unwinding script. Because as the film goes on, the her her life does become more chaotic. Like her her situation becomes more chaotic, and dominoes really do fall. I'm 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 not even giving away the movie. The movie is about a fall from grace, mm-hmm. but. Man, I love this movie, dude. Like, this is what you call cinema. You can tell a film is like legit great cinema when it's just old people in in the theater. (laughs) But it's just just old people in the theater, a few coughs (laughs) here and there, and you're like, yeah, I'm I'm watching a great piece of cinema that's going under the radar, but people will catch on to it in time. Like, dude, I love this movie. This is a five out of five to me. 
Yeah, I remember you bringing this one up a couple times before, and I, I knew that this one was going to make your list. I didn't know if it was going to be number one or not, but I knew that this one was going to ma- be on your list because you've talked about it a couple times, and we kind of discussed even what we could pair it with to do a full episode, and I, I don't think we've come up with anything yet. I'd have to think about that. I'd have to think about that. It's really unique, but uh, I'd have to think about that. Maybe Amadeus, because it deals with Mozart and it's about classical stuff, but maybe. It, it it really made me think, all right, am I going to put this over God's country and everything, everywhere, all at once? Like, I, I really thought long and hard about that. And I was like, man, this movie left the biggest impression on me. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah, that's, that's, that's how I got to that decision. Okay. So... With me and my number one pick, uh, I, I talked about how Violent Night was a movie that felt like it was made for me, that somebody had picked my exact kind of movie and made it into something. Uh, and my number one pick is exactly the same. Uh, weird, the Al Yankovic story is everything oh, wow. I have wanted in a movie. Because when it comes to musical mockumentaries... I think it's no secret that I absolutely love them. Uh, you know, Dewey Cox, Walk Hard, Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, uh, Cell Block 84. You know, these movies I absolutely love when you get a fake band together and make a documentary about it. And then when you take something that's actually a real band and you make a fake documentary about it, has such the same vein because you can put all those references to Weird Al's life and things that seem insane and put it next to stuff that as is actually insane and make you wonder mm. what is real and what isn't. And as somebody that is right. a huge fan of Weird Al and basically knows a lot of the stupid trivia about his coming up and everything, I got to watch this and go, no, that's actually accurate. No, that's actually accurate. Yeah, that's crazy, but that's actually accurate. Oh, that thing, that thing that seems pretty sane? Yeah, that didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it's, the comedy is right up my alley. Uh, The acting with Harry Potter and Dwight is absolutely fantastic. (laughs) And, yeah. Put respect on these guys' names, man. Okay, Daniel Radcliffe and Rain Wilson. Uh, there you go. Absolutely fantastic in this film. And it's, yeah, it definitely holds up as one of the movies that I will come back and watch in the future for movies that released in 2022. And I think that's to be said of my top three very easily are movies that I'll come back and I'll be revisiting in the future again and again. And yeah, that's. It it, it holds up. That's so awesome that you put that there, though, because I it, it's it's such a Brad thing to choose. I can't get mad at you for it because that's right. your type of movie. It is like absolutely it, like if you boil down that movie and you're like, what kind of movie will Brad like specifically, Brad? And it's like, no, 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 I got something, and they made it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, hey, I love it, man. Um, this is why we do our top 10, dude. Like, I feel like the best way to craft your top 10 are movies that you felt were the top 10. If you mm-hmm. play the critic in your mind and go, oh, well, this film is a, a great, critically acclaimed film, yeah. well, that's fine. But there are critically acclaimed films out there that I don't like. You right. Know? And I'm like, yeah. I will say, if this was coming down to the top 10 movies of the year, God's Country would have been on that list. Everything All at Once mm. might have been number one on my list. It came down to what were our feelings for the top ten movies. And, yeah, you're not going to agree with both of our lists. Uh, our lists are even completely different. We could easily yeah. do the very boring top ten movies of the year, and we'd this. both just be like, number one, this. Number two, you know, this. <laughs> my man said, this is Sparta. This is DFV. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we love the good and the bad. You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's, it's different on this side of the game. Um, all right, man. I think we got time for, for a few honorable mentions. You got any honorable mentions on your list? I do. So 
there is uh first off one movie that i really wanted to make it onto my list because it was just a lot of fun and everything but it just kept getting bumped off was the adam project the netflix movie featuring ryan reynolds and you know mark ruffalo it's a very good movie with an interesting concept. It has a lot of good comedy with it. Ryan Reynolds, you know, is at his highest with that one with his very, I hate seeing that he's pretty much devolved to like just Deadpool in all movies, but he does very well with that kind of role. And this Mm. movie is no exception. And I really wanted it on my list because it does have an interesting plot. It's something that isn't done very often with time travel movies in that kind of way. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. Um, Okay. I mean, if you don't mind, I'm going to just go down the list just to go for it. Uh, Okay. I have uh, a great uh, independent horror film that I also saw at Sunday. It's a 2022 called Resurrection. Uh, directed by Andrew Siemens. Uh, Rebecca Hall is in the lead role. Uh, great film, man. Uh, a great film with a great psychological horror premise. Tim Roth plays a great villain in this film. Uh, yeah, I strongly recommend that. Avatar The Way of Water. I'm, I'm kind of sad it didn't make my top 10, but I, there was just like those 10 films I just had to put over it, though. Yeah. Um, terrific cinematography great sequel i I think it 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 best the first film in many ways uh i saw it a second time adobe 3d changed my life uh it was just beautiful man it was beautiful it was one of one of the many times one of the very few times where motion smoothing looked so good um yeah i i I love avatar way of water i got glass onion Mm -hmm. which is basically knives out too terrific sequel i kind of like it for the same reason i like avatar 2 it subverts the original builds on what made the original so great and uh ryan johnson has just like uh i feel like he he's at home well he's at home with whatever he does i love last jedi i don't care what none of y'all say i accept no ryan johnson slander on this side of the game uh i i feel like he he's at home with the whodunits and it, it's great to see him like tackle that uh genre in new ways uh the woman king great action film if you haven't seen it already see it great performances from the whole cast viola davis john boyega uh lashawn lynch lashana lynch i hope i'm saying her name right Mm -hmm. if if i'm not forgive me uh great cast great cast uh i got marcel the shell with shoes on uh it's a little little uh independent animated film released by a24 jenny slate is great in the lead vocal performance um check that out nice cute movie i keep hearing about it and i saw the trailer and i was like "Ah, i don't know about this one but yeah it's every once in a while somebody else brings it up and it's like okay it's it's slowly making its way onto the list it's a cute it's a it's a very i think you would like it you you will find a lot of humor in it Um, okay it's a it's it's a nice quirky film uh i got elvis a film Mm. i did not expect to like but very much thoroughly enjoyed uh elvis is good man elvis is a good movie even though it it kind of kind of uh i want to say uh not glides but it kind of like like vaguely goes over the fact that not all his stuff was original and you know taken and stolen it it glosses over a lot of stuff glosses glosses it glosses over thank you um it's such a fantastic over-the-top uh dedication to elvis dude like like Mm. uh baz larman this is what he does he makes great uh, flashy films like this and Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge. And I just thought it was just great directing. And I like Tom Hanks in it. A lot of people didn't, but I thought he was great. Um, Bones and all. Now, we're going to talk about this on a future episode um, and Glass Onion on another one, too. But uh, mm-hmm. I think this is a great Lovers on the Run uh, cannibalistic love story, bro. Like, I, I, I enjoyed this one. This one also has some great acting uh great tense moments great gory moments too and i, I don't know man i thought it was a nice little weird film I, I i enjoyed it now i got top gun maverick on my honorable mention pretty much same things you said uh i got wakanda forever i feel like that's a yep. that that deserves an honorable mention that's it, one of the marvel 
Go ahead. Yeah, that one is also on my honorable mentions list. It it needs to be. It, it basically was one of the first movies to take its star, knowing that it no longer had its main person, and try and continue on without them, and did yeah. it in fantastic fashion. Yeah, I feel like it's a um, yeah. It's a, everything you just said it's a, it's a nice exploration of grief, you know, and um, you know, and, and loss. And uh, it's one of the best Marvel films post Endgame because I've been telling you, man, I've been a little marveled out lately. And uh, I think this and Eternals and Shang-Chi kind of brought me back a little bit, just a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, yeah. And I also got a film called Decision to Leave. Now, this is a Park Chan-Wook film. Uh, now, this is like a, um, a foreign drama about a man that's investigating a woman whose uh, husband uh, mysteriously died by falling off a cliff. And the more he investigates, the more he finds out interesting things about the woman and also secretly falls in love with her. Uh, great film, man. It takes, it takes a few surprising turns and twists. And uh, I think it's a, I think it's a very nice uh, mystery drama. Okay. Yeah. For the rest of my list, I have, you know, uh, first off, Wakanda Forever and Avatar are both on there for me as well. It mm-hmm. absolutely needs to be said. Check those out. And also on my list, I have Bubble, the animated movie from Netflix. It's just a gorgeous movie. The The plot might right. not be there, but when it comes to the animation and the characters and everything like that, it's a very fun movie. If you're a fan of anime and or you're looking for something that's a little bit more like family kind of movie night to watch, it's a fun one. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, then 892. It, it needs to be said that movie is. Oh, I forgot about 892. Yeah, that yes. movie was it, it bounced on my list a lot when I was creating it. And it just it sadly just got brought down to the honorable mentions but that does not mean that this movie isn't spectacular by any means. It is so great with uh, John Boyega as the lead and the tension with it, the acting in it. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I think the only downside that movie has is they ruined the perfect title. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know how you go from eight 92 to breaking, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that's, that's my list of the honorable mentions. Awesome. All right, y'all. Uh, let us know in the comments below what your uh, uh, top 10 or, or top 15 or whatever 2002 are, 2022 are. And uh, yeah, we can start engaging conversation. Let you know, let you, let us know what you think about our list as well. What you agree yeah. with, what you don't agree with. Um, if you got the same ranking as me or as Brad and, uh, yeah, let us know, man, you know, like, share and subscribe. Don't forget to watch movies in the upcoming new year of, uh, 2023 and, uh, check out our written reviews on 8bitwaffles.com. And, uh, that's it, man. You know where to follow us on the socials after this and, uh, take care.